your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914 is the talking text line. Like the guy just said, I don't know why I do that. Um, we're not going to talk about the U.S. House of Representatives today. We'll just say that they voted again and again and they didn't pass. Uh, they didn't nominate or elect a speaker of the House. We can just say it, leave it at that. Unless, Lewis, unless you have uh, some hot takes on U.S. <laughs> House of Representatives talk, no? No, no. Um, Lewis Kuhlman sitting in here with me. He oh. is he is the environmental planner in the city of La Crosse. I've been doing that for about a Well, you've been in the city of La Crosse. For 10 years. Have you been working on the environmental aspect of this for a decade? Or did you start out as like, uh, I don't know, floor sweeper? (laughs) Did you work your way up to this? Uh, No, I I started, um, my title when I first started was associate planner. So the planning department is pretty small in the city. So we we get to do a variety of projects. I mean... While my title is environmental planner right now, I still do a variety of projects and like, work, work in different areas. Like every job, everybody's <laughs> job, you, you this is your job. But also, you know, if you could do these other 37 things. <laughs> yeah, as assigned. It, as and then, um, you know, every once in a while it's like, and uh, also, can, can you just, can you throw your, your garbage out? Because uh, we don't have anyone to do that right now. That never right. happens. <laughs> 608-785-7914. Okay, so the big the big reason, and I don't even know, now I'm going to have, I don't know if I'm going to have a name for this. I'm going to scroll to the top of the 170-page document. Sure. This passed the committee meeting on Tuesday. Yeah. And it is, let's, oh, here it is, right here. The City of La Crosse's Climate Action Plan. Um, it's kind of a divisive issue, but did, how did it go in committee? Did you have to present in the committee on Tuesday, or was it the, the, the Judiciary, F- Judiciary and, and Administration? Yep. Um, no, um, it wasn't that the public hearing wasn't divisive. Um, no, it, not that the, the, the I say sometimes climate sure, is sure. divisive, but when, when through committee, did you have to present? Oh, um, or, I mean, you've probably done this like 50 times, like kind of some, in some way or, no, shape or form, huh? Right. That's, that's true. No, I, I didn't. Um, we had, it's been a long process. Um, we had a presentation in, I think, October to the to the Common Council um, to kind of go over the draft plan, and not much has changed since that draft plan. It, it's we just kind of tightened up some of the language. It was more is, copy editing. Is there a way to sum up 170 <laughs> page PDF that has taken uh, years? A year. A year? Okay, yeah. it's taken a year. and A little over a year, yeah. Uh, for the city to bring it to this point where it's going to pass council. I don't know yeah. if other versions of this have have gone through the council, but this is the this is this version. Yep. Um, can you just describe, can you sum up what this is and what's going to go forward in front of the city council on next week, Thursday? Sure. Well, um, I'll give a little bit of history. In 2009, the city passed a joint strategic plan for sustainability with the county and those had a number of goals around um, energy and transportation and land use and all that so um, over 10 years later now we're this is basically an update to that plan Um, the the main differences I think between this plan and that plan is um, the the focus there was on the 
the natural step process. So um, it, it was there was there was a variety of measurements we were taking. Um, this plan is really focused on greenhouse gases, and so like finding the equivalent of of whatever carbon is being emitted by different um, activities. So we're using this sort of one metrics as opposed to how much paper are you printing, how much fuel are you using. It's just we're kind of combining. You focus it all. this into the, yeah how we're, how we're measuring it and. Can you measure how much paper you're using to greenhouse gases? <laughs> or is that <laughs> are those two different things? No, I mean because I mean you're cutting down trees, so I don't know right. if you're you're adding that to the equation. You know, we use ten thousand sheets of paper, and that equals a day. This much, and, yeah. yeah, no, not, uh, not doing that. You could. It's challenging. I mean, some of the stuff is already pretty challenging. That'll like, be pages one seventy <laughs> through one eighty, maybe. We'll right. add to that later exactly. Yeah, in that, a decade. that'll be an appendix. Okay, so that's not part of it, but I understand what you're saying. Um, and why, why, I guess why, yeah, why is the city implementing a climate action plan? Well, um, we're trying to avoid some of the major effects of, of climate change. Um, while, you know, we were faced with potentials for flooding and um, heat waves, um, what we're seeing is that climate change is sort of exacerbating those issues and, and making them, you know, bigger, stronger, more, ra- or, um, more in uh, what's the term I guess random or just kind of more chaotic I guess and uh, so we want to make sure that we're um, protecting people that you know we've got houses and buildings that are in the floodplain so making sure that we're considering that and how we can mitigate flooding and um, you know any sort of uh, we have steep slopes that we have to deal with so any intense storms that cause landslides or mudslides we want to make sure that we're thinking about that so we're trying to reduce those impacts um but i think probably selfishly the city is kind of in a (laughs) the city is kind of in a precarious position where a lot of different things will impact it you know if you go uh let's go i just like rochester is kind Mm -hmm. of in the middle of nothing right like it's it's pretty flat there's not i I guess maybe there's is there a river in rochester i feel like there's yeah might be a river but it's not going to be impacted as much uh by different aspects of nature um, yeah. And where weather weather can change dramatically, uh, like we we've talked about it on this show um, one year ago in December, we had the the storms that took out rotary lights, the ninety mm. plus mile an hour ones. Uh, there were about there were about ten different things that had never happened before in like the history of the National Weather Service recording weather things. Um, like there was never a Minnesota tornado, and then that day there were twenty nine or something like that, or right. uh, just stuff like that. So. Um, but but lacrosse is a precarious position where you know the bluffs, the river, the f- you talk about the floodplain. Um, mm-hmm. So selfishly, hey, we should do something about climate change because it's really going to affect us, you know, yep. versus other places. And that brings up a good point. Like we're looking at both adaptation and mitigation. And what adaptation means is that you know we're already going to see some effects of climate change. So we got to make sure that we can um, continue adapt. on, adapt, <laughs> yeah, right. continue on. And then if we um, and then we're with the mitigation. We're looking at like how can we re- reduce our impact so we lessen the potential for future um, impacts. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. If you have a questions for if you have questions for Lewis Kuhlman, the environmental planner, we're going over. We're going to go over about one hundred and sixty <laughs> of the one hundred seventy pages because the last ten are like uh, you know the glossary or whatever. Um, but we got to take a break. We'll be back.
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, Brian, I was going to call you. Lewis Kuhlman's in here. He's the environmental planner for the city of Lacrosse. We didn't even do, like, your bio, Lewis. Um, is, is, like, how do you get into – is this one of them, like, hey, Lewis, you're going to do this job, and you're like, oh, now I have to figure it out, or is this kind of something that you're passionate about and studied and, and oh. kind of, went, you know, like, went this route? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first – came out of high school I actually was interested in working in the music business so I went to Winona State for that uh, found that wasn't quite fulfilling and decided to change careers so I went to grad school for urban planning. Well, what so, instrument were you playing? <laughs> you piano guy or what? Uh, I was I was actually singing in, oh, okay. in, in college but I Like opera? What, <laughs> I know a guy in, in lacrosse that's an opera singer. So. No I'm, I wasn't that good. I, my voice call. Uh, teacher called me mediocre. So. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'll change majors. Um, but yeah, so I, I went to grad school for urban and regional planning. And the nice thing about that is um, they, it's it's a field where we're looking for a lot of different perspectives. And um, so regardless of your background, I know a lot of people like in like political science or public policy would go into urban planning. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a public policy field. Um, but and then I focus on environmental planning there. So, and then you start to learn and learn and learn, and it never stops, right? Because right, everything yeah. changes. I mean, we we talk about. I mean, even if you just want to get into the like one aspect of this, and there's the 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 city's climate action plan. Is that right? Is that yep. off the top of my head? Yep. Uh, the the thing that's going in front of the city council on Thursday has about nine different subjects or nine different yeah, ways areas. of attacking uh, attacking climate. Is that are we, is that what we're doing? Or are we trying to coddle climate i mean what are we what are we doing to the climate um i right. i did ask uh, spencer wilkin she's a um an outreach specialist at uwl and we talk about climate change about once a month on this show and oh. uh she said the easiest way to to kind of describe changes the climate has changed before but not by this much mm-hmm. over a short period of time um over the last 40 years the temperature on earth is has grown substantially over the last 40 years more so than any other point in history even if you add blocks of history like there's there's a 10,000 year block and it hasn't we've done this in right. 40 years it's 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 and and it's kind of weird that it's being ignored not being ignored in the city anymore you've been working on this right. stuff for a decade right uh yeah and, yeah so um you know there's like like you said there's so many different um things to take on uh the climate action plan has over 200 actions to take and i'm uh kind of a staff of one here on in terms of environmental stuff so i I need all the help i can get um from different departments um and and well people from with how many people like have input into is there a number can you quantify how many people have input into what has turned into i like to just say it because it's huge 170 page uh, pdf i don't have all 170 pages out here but i i literally printed you know, probably like twenty-five of the the kind of the 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 sums, the yep. summaries of each of these actions, and I I don't even know if I'll look at any of them, but the, but it's it's massive, right? Well, we started with um, our steering committee, which is pretty small, only five members, and we built it on that and added about fifty members of the community um, from different agencies, um, businesses, major employers in the community, interested citizens. Um, and that, they were kind of our team um, who we workshop our goals with. We also had, you know, our public engagement meetings and online surveys. So there was a lot more public involvement there. Um, 
but yeah, we kind of had this sort of core group of about 50 um, team members. How many, when, when we talk about like having an action plan, people that are experts in, in this stuff, in this field, are you going to a lot of people in that regard? Or are you, are you having these other 50 people that you're talking about go to those people and try to get, try to come up with a plan, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, as, as expert as we can get locally, I think is important. So, you know, we've, we talked to professors at UWL, um, scientists at the uh, USGS office in, on, on French Island. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So these got, people are, are experts in it and also experiencing because they live yeah, here, they understand yep. the environment here. So they're going to be, you know, doubly expert. <laughs> um, there's nine strategies on the climate action plan. That's going to go in front of the lacrosse city council next mm-hmm. in literally one week and 37 <laughs> minutes. And uh, well, I will say, um, and I'll just I'll just list them off here: transportation and mobility, land use and housing, buildings and energy, waste management, waste and wastewater, water and wastewater. Oh yeah, water <laughs> and wastewater. That's okay. Uh, local food and agriculture, health and safety, green ho- green space, trees and ecosystems, and the economy. Um, yeah. Is any of these more important than the other? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I'd say. Um, we're fortunate that we have an electric utility that has the same goal that we have of being carbon neutral by 2050. So in terms of building and energy, I think we've, we've got a really good partner there. Um, transportation, I think, is going to be the hardest to tackle. Um, there's so many moving parts, <laughs> literally. And, and when you uh, talk about transportation, we're talking about the city. We're not, like, invoking EVs on everybody in, that live in the city. It's uh, these are things that the city is doing that we're trying mm-hmm. to change. So when you talk about right. transportation, we've we've hit on this a little bit. We've we've got what two EV buses or four EV buses? Something uh, like that? Yeah, two I think now. But and I mean, then some are hi- the rest to- are hybrid, I believe. Yeah, yeah. The police station is on uh, propane cars. I think they used to be. I think they're they're going back or they're going to be doing hybrid. I think okay. soon. But yeah, they they were. Um, so, so when when we talk about transportation, but why is that the hardest one? I, because we have uh, uh, cement trucks, and I don't know. We're fixing the roads, and it's hard to fix the roads environmentally. Right. Uh, I'd say, well, we've got co- the cost differential between um, gas-powered vehicles and electric vehicles. I think is probably is challenging. One of the other challenges that we faced with our buses was the cold climate. So, um, while the buses are electric, they're still like diesel fuel to keep it warm in the winter. So um, there's issues there. The infrastructure for electric vehicles, there's, we, we don't have um, the charging stations to, to power like a, a rapid shift to electric vehicles. So um, there's, there's a lot um, going on, like uh, even uh, not just like public parking lots, but um, pre- people's personal homes may not have the capability of, you know, fa- fast charging, but, um, I mean, they could still like plug in and well, the transition to all this for everybody is, is difficult. But then when yeah. you think I'll just uh, to throw this one out there, uh, we have a lot of parks here, which yeah. means we have to mow a lot of lawn, which I don't know if we need <laughs> all that lawn. I think the, the city's park and rec director would be like, ah, we, we don't need all that lawn. We could make it all like, uh, you know, flower fields or something. Then we wouldn't have to mow it, but to mow that lawn, we have to use gas powered tractors and you can't really go to EV tractors because I th- because there's so much to do and you just i feel like you'd need like 25 of them and and 24 of them would be on a charger while you're using the other one <laughs> right yeah it it takes a lot of uh 
organization um, to to adjust to that. But yeah, and if there even are electric tractors, I know there are electric mowers in some cases. But yeah, at the scale that we're dealing with, is, it's challenging. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. I think there's a lot of opportunities with the parks to um, increase sort of the natural landscape and also potential for food growing. Is that on this 170-page kind of park transition? Um, Just throwing it out there. Green space, trees, and ecosystem, would that be where the the park kind of transits from uh, just a giant lawn to to something more environmentally, like natural to not invasive, the opposite of invasive? uh, (laughs) Right. Um, And yes, that would be in the the trees, green space, trees, and ecosystem section. And you bring up a good point when you talk about the parks director too. Like these are ideas that we're starting with and it's going to take a conversation and, and working with the parks board and working with the park staff to make those changes happen. So it's while we have, you know, at these actions, how they manifest in reality is going to be, you know, really dependent on what, what uh, all the different players involved um, are looking for well that yeah and you talk about okay so jay odegaard is a park parks rec director you you bring him this thing and you're like and then he has to kind of educate himself or you have to educate him or if he has to kind of and he might not he might not believe it i guess they nah, do we really need to do this do we really need to get rid of you know the first thing on the the green space trees and ecosystem thing is mm-hmm. increase community-wide tree cover by 30 percent to 32 and a half percent by 2030 I mean, who's who's complaining about that? Yeah, we should have more trees. I, I don't know. There's there's no controversy there, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who doesn't love trees? Um, I think uh, there's... You know who doesn't? The lawnmowers, because they have to, they have <laughs> to push more. Around more them. They have to mow around them, yeah. Yeah, um, we're fortunate that we have a lot of uh, natural space with, with trees in, in the city, uh, but it, they take maintenance and care and um, can get damaged. And so it's... So there's a lot of... Um, overhead expenses with that so that that's challenging and then like um tree replacement in in the case of the emerald ash borer that was a uh controversial um issue that yeah we had to get rid of all the ash trees in in lacrosse in the city of lacrosse i think that was a a plan that they implemented because the ash borer just like like kills them all and then moves on like moves on to the next section of ash trees and just and I and you you got to end that, but then now we have to replace those trees somehow. Right, and uh, kudos to the parks department for really being forward thinking about mixing mixing their different species. So if if in the future we get uh, a plague like that, it'll affect a smaller population of the trees. So that's that's an, another thing we're thinking about. But I, I think um, we've got some forward thinking council members. Uh, I know uh, Council Member Kalo uh, is requesting in the budget for more trees downtown um and and we've got good staff that can can back that up yeah i think we could uh up just uproot pearl streets road and then just make it like kind of a green space (laughs) um and a little bit like a state street where you could walk up and down it but i don't think we might not have the population for that i I do have a couple of text questions we'll get to when we come back uh, with Brian, uh, did I do it again? Brian, Lewis. why am I doing that? Brian, who's Brian uh, in the Samson. city? Samson, he's Brian the Samson, the homeless coordinator, uh, with Lewis Kuhlman from the city of Cross. Did the singer of Soundgarden die like a couple years ago? Yeah, like and he was pretty beloved. Yep, yep. And I then think of his name. 
Chris Cornell. He played in like a concert right in the air, like in Eau Claire, like right before. It was oh, really? like maybe his last concert. You know, I think I had free yeah. tickets to it from work and I didn't go. And then I was like, really? I should have. It was some kind of like festival. Well, and then I think uh, the lead singer of Linkin Park uh, killed himself on Chris Cornell's birthday. Oh, so. good. This yeah. is a, a good segment here with, with, I almost did it again, Louis Kuhlman. He's the uh, environmental planner. It's the city of Cross been doing that. Well, been doing that in that position for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did. It, Kent did text in, and because we we talked about your your background, you went to college initially out of high school. Yeah, thinking you're going to be a what a singer, or well, or teach singing, or no, just playing a band. My my major was music business, so I was going to work. I wanted to do a record label, work on a record label, but but, but you're all singing. Paths. You're all singing, right? You weren't a, you weren't playing. You didn't play an instrument or anything. I, I did play an instrument. I didn't get classes for that instrument right. well what instrument was that? i'm just curious <laughs> bass guitar oh okay banjo <laughs> yeah no, I, actually i love the banjo banjo's a, the national instrument grace vanderwall came on and played the banjo banjo on tv once it was i don't know if you've heard of her but it was pretty awesome and one of those like stupid you know if you make it big shows like oh sure uh but american it was awesome. idol yeah something American like that stuff. um but but yeah te- uh kent texted in um, so who who hired this guy with a background in singing to be the environmental czar? So he he uh, we like to just call these people you, you guys the czars of whatever. Although he didn't spell czar right, it's C Z A R. It's a weird word. It's one of those English words. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, just okay. So as a 18 year old, you went to college thinking music, yeah. and then at some point you went, nope, I'm going to change majors because, it, like, like everybody, I did the same thing. I think um, I think if you only do that once, you might might be a, an outlier, but you, you went to urban, urban planning or what? Yep, yep. so yeah, I, I have an undergrad degree in music business, by, but then I went to get a master's degree in, in urban and regional planning. And as I mentioned, like, it's nice because they, they were, urban planning is looking at different perspectives, so and a lot of public participation, and that's again not only our should the planners have a lot of diff- different perspectives, but we're looking at looking at other people, our citizenry. Would you um, call this your baby? This hundred seventy page climate action oh. plan that's being presented to the city of La Crosse, <laughs> or as in the last five years, have you worked on something else that's been just this as is, vast? Um, this is probably the biggest thing I've worked on. So yeah, I'd, I'd say it's my baby, but also um, it's like fifty people's babies. But you're yeah. you know you're in charge of it now, right? And also, um, we've also had a performance contract with Johnson Controls that's um, been a, a, a cost neutral. Um, that's the what a performance contract is. So we save as much money as it costs to do a lot of um, work on on city facilities. So we've got more um, energy efficient lighting. Um, solar panels on City Hall and the Lacrosse Center and the public library, um, uh, more efficient heaters, chillers, and um, air uh, air handling units. So uh, that's also been a, a really big deal for. Yeah, because skeptical Bill has texted in a couple of different ways here. Uh, well, he's he's texted in, and I don't know how he's texting in. Maybe a couple of different ways, but he's texting in that way. Um, and first of all, he asked, okay, well, you, you talk about, he asked about how is, how are we going to pay for this? Cause everyone wants right. to know that everyone wants to know how we're going to pay for everything, except when it comes to the military budget, then we don't care. <laughs> uh, but that's a whole other show I'll do not with, with, uh, Lewis here, but, um, but you kind of alluded to everything that you're doing here. It sounds like, first of all, it sounds like you're trying to balance everything right. that you're, 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 you're doing, um, 
EV buses. That was a federal federal grant money, I believe, or something yeah, the, along yeah, those lines. Yeah, we got a large federal grant for that. On the flip side, even if some of this stuff would cost, I think getting a fleet of EV lawn tractors to mow all the parks might cost quite a bit of money. It might not actually work at this point in time. Um, right. So in what- the long run, the 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 outcome of not doing that is actually going to cost us more money because the, because the climate will be more affected. Right. So, I mean, one of the things that I think most listeners can relate to is just their energy bills. And last year we saw um, natural gas bills um, rise dramatically. Electricity is a little bit more stable, um, but any way we can think of ways to help, uh, you know, business owners and, and homeowners um, save money on, on energy costs. Um, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. So we're hoping to save people money. Um, there's a lot of incentives out right now from the federal government through the Investing in Infrastructure and Jobs Act or the IIJA and the um, Inflation Reduction Act. And it's really difficult for me to wrap my head around. So the average person, I'm sure, is, is equally difficult. But um, those are like either coming from the state or coming directly from the federal government. So, from a city perspective, what we really, what I really need to work on is um, telling people about it, uh, walking people through the process, um, just telling people what's available. I think that's kind of the the biggest cha- one of the big challenges. But yeah, there's well, be- yeah, when it comes to my own property, my own yeah. life. I would. I might not even know that there is a thing like. Oh, I can. Let's see. What What was I looking up the other day? Because I have a natural. I have a propane furnace, mm-hmm. and I was looking at uh, geothermal. Yeah. Just because Heat it pumps. Because it kind of pays for itself in the long run. Like, how long do you be here? Put a geo, geothermal unit. But then, like, even even that, like, a that people might not know that exists. Right. B people might not know you get a huge grant or, or huge funding from the feds or from the state or from maybe even your county to help pay for some of that stuff. So yeah, you're, the, you're the resource to for that stuff, huh? Yeah, and then also, you know, working with contractors to make sure that they're, um, that they know how to do that. I mean, so, some have been in the business and um, they, they know how to install like a propane heater, but they may not know how to install a heat pump because they're kind of newer technology. Right. So, um, doing the, doing those trainings and, and making sure that, um, those things are available. Like for example, I had a environmentally fr- minded colleague whose heater went out and he wanted a heat pump, but it was in the middle of winter and they needed it replaced now. Right. So it, it was, it was, they just went with the, uh, you just get one of those gas. floor heaters that blows hot air and you just get like 75 of those and plug them in all over your house. Yeah. It's not a fire hazard at all or inefficient. <laughs> By any means, I think we banned those in the in the building here because everyone at mm. some point had one in every office, and it was like, wait, what are we yeah. doing? This is costing hundreds of dollars a day, and and yeah. just turn, plugging these things in. Um, but obviously, the the climate action plan being presented in front of the city council next week, and I just the only way I could describe it is 170 pages, and it's pretty readable actually. Um, I, I I don't think we've read anything but the uh, the strategies here, but but we we did get into the parks park section of this is there is there another section there's nine kind of sections to this that really the uh, you know what there's a better better way of handling this sure the 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 city of lacrosse is doing this are we 
are we doing this anywhere else? Is there, are, are you guys talking to other cities? Like, how did this start? Oh, good point. Well, um, as I mentioned, we had a, a sustainability plan with the, with the county. They're, they'll be working on their climate action plan um, soon. We collaborate a lot with other communities through the um, Green Tier Legacy communities. So that's where um, the cities, counties, towns, villages across the state share ideas and best practices about what they're doing. And then also the um, Wisconsin Local Government Climate Coalition um, is just different communities throughout the state thinking about ways um, to uh, be... Transition, right? Yeah, oh, transition. This is just yeah. like a mass transition that yeah. we're, we're trying to take. And, and it's a little bit baby... We're trying to do baby steps. Yeah. But when we... Uh, the, the example I, I give... I gave you uh, yesterday on the phone and in, in just kind of a different realm is for, for like five years, we've been talking about a $15 minimum wage. Right. Right. And, it, and we're, we're still at seven twenty five, mm-hmm. and we never get to it. And it's been five, six, seven years later. And it's like, Hey, can we get to that $15 minimum wage anytime soon? And at this point it's like, well, the minimum wage would probably be like $24 now, not 15. So we should probably change the, the, the number to 24 and start talking about it that way. When it comes to climate right. change, uh, 10 years ago, you know, when you started getting in, into this, it was, you know, we got to do these things and it's going to be a 15 year plan. Yeah. Well, that's cut in half now, you know, like <laughs> that, that plan, this is an eight year plan, I think, but it's 2023 now. So is it a seven year plan? Cause right. We've gone to the right. next year. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, um, in 2019, we had a resolution to be carbon neutral by 2050 and that's still, you know, far enough away where we can, you know, oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out or, or just have kind of general ideas about what we'll do. Uh, I really wanted to have this plan be more concrete, so that's why we set the 2030 goal. I think a lot of um, communities have kind of set that as like kind of their 50% to 100% (laughs) neutrality. So um, that's kind of what we're looking at. I I really wanted to be more specific and um, concrete with the with the action. Yeah, you need a plan, and then if you don't get there by 2030, you've given yourself 20 years of wiggle room. Is that right. what we're doing? Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to revise it, you know, in 2030 to see what we can do by 2040, and hopefully we can we can get we can get there. You kind of alluded to this, but when you say carbon neutral, is transportation the biggest way to do that? Or is there a big chunk of what the city is doing? Boom! If we do this, it's going to take a take most of that burden off becoming carbon neutral. Uh, I would say for the city, transportation is about 33% of our greenhouse, or I should say one third, about one third, it's not yeah. precisely 33%, but um, uh, about a third of our emissions um, buildings, um, I, I think are probably a lot higher. I, I don't know the exact number, but um, yeah, uh, buildings and energy use are, are probably the biggest opportunity. Um, we've got a lot of um, commercial and industrial properties um, that have a lot of potential. We've got a lot of industrial users that have a lot of potential, and, and thankfully, a lot of uh, uh, like our hospitals and our universities have um, sustainability coordinators thinking about what how, how they can be more efficient and use renewable sources. Because this this plan is what the city is doing, right? Again, yeah, yeah. And when you talk about outside, you're trying to get. Hey, while we're doing this, can you guys also, or what? What are your plans when you talk about? You know, we have giant businesses here: Mayo, yeah. Gunderson, uh, Train. Uh, you know, like 
people that are using <laughs> using the grid essentially yeah. are, are affecting the climate and, and just and what they do. So we got to get everyone else on board as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll be working with them. I think, um, as you mentioned earlier, just this, the city has the opportunity to sort of lead by example. So the more we can show our successes internally, I think that's going to help show that, you know, people can do that too. So it's, it's a community-wide plan. Um, so it's not just for municipal facilities, but we want to we make sure that everybody's on board with uh, the actions that we do take. Is there just one big culprit in in lacrosse that's just like yeah <laughs> not a not a not a person so to speak but like like the lacrosse center is kind of like that you know we just updated that forty two yeah. million dollar update but oh, like yeah. oh man that thing is really kind of a burden in the city or or some other I'm just throwing the, the lac- I don't know if it is the lacrosse center I'm just picking like the biggest building I could well, think of you know that's a good point I I mean they're up there among our energy users are water and wastewater utility where I was surprised that they're they're probably our top user and we've gone through a lot of work in the last few years um our the our our staff have done yeah like I said have done a lot of work in the last few years Aren't to we updating the wastewater yeah, yep. facility like 15 million dollar some somewhere around there yeah so it's he's another person way... I'm gonna have on the show at some point um yeah. and then call them the wrong name <laughs> um but uh okay so if I grab water and wastewater which if it's one of those big uh some of the the strategies here promote increased water conservation community-wide with a targeted reduction of six and a half percent. So just low flow shower heads. Is that what we're doing there? Yeah. (laughs) Or um, something. Like there's, so, you know, there's um, the energy star um, certification for a lot of um, appliances Um, for water. It's um, uh, what is it? (laughs) Water source. I can't remember. It's, or water sense water sense is the name of the so it's like the energy star equivalent but for um um plumbing fixtures so uh toilets faucets urinals um that kind of stuff fixing leaking pipes um yeah so half of that is doing that updating that within the city the other half would be you getting the word out that hey you guys there are probably ways to, to help you transition to this stuff. Right. Um, the other one, and that you kind of alluded to it, reduce wastewater generation community-wide with a targeted reduction of 5% by 2030. Um, so that's kind of like you talk about, like, the low-flow toilets. Yeah, or, or just like, you know, you got a leaky faucet, just get that fixed. <laughs> or um, also, you know, reusing um, uh, gray water. I, I don't know if that's a term you're familiar with, but... Um, like say, um, not, we don't want to reuse like our toilet water, but like our, our sink water, or if we're just washing our hands or shower water, th- that like some of that water can be used for like watering plants and, and not harm anything. Um, that's one way to sort of reduce. I immediately went to water world where he like has the urination machine that <laughs> converts his urine into, I mean, that would be a really drastic. Are we doing that one yet? No, no we're not there no. yet as a society. <laughs> no. We're not to, to water world. One of the. A movie that I often stop and stop to watch, but I watched that in the theater. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with Lewis Coolman. We'll come back. Yeah. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Just a couple minutes left here with Lewis Coolman, the environmental planner. I'm doing off the top of my head, environmental planner for the city of Lacrosse. Uh, Lewis Buster Rhymes fan? Are you a Buster Rhymes fan? 
Uh, I do remember listening to this song. This is maybe one of the only Buster Rhymes songs I'm familiar with. Yeah, you you might be. This might be a little before your time, Buster Rhymes. His his heyday. Um, all right. So obviously, the in a in a week from now, do you have to do anything uh, at the city council meeting when this plan is presented, or do they? Do you just hope that the city council members have read all 170 pages and understand it? And and is it being well reception? Is the reception pretty well so far? I think so. Yeah. As I mentioned, the we had, they had an opportunity to review the draft plan. Um, we had a, a comment, like a 90 day comment period, um, and we, you know, uh, did a presentation for the council members. So hopefully during that time period, that was enough for them to digest. Um, not a lot changed from the draft. It was just like I said, cleaning up some of the language and um, clarifying clarifying some points. The um, yeah. Uh, and I'll, I will say, by the time it gets to the city council, we've done all the things. I mean, how long have you been? I think right. you, you might have said this, but I forgot. Right. Like the 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 climate action plan that we're discussing or in and out here uh, or during the show that's going to in front of the city council. How long is you said ten years ago we started this? But yeah, this very this PDF of 170 pages. How long have you been working on that? Putting um, that together? Yeah. We started working with a consultant in, a, in the fall of 2021. So for that first quarter, or I guess the last quarter of that year, we were focused on like the baseline information gathering, like what's, where's the data. So that's kind of what informed the beginning of the process. And then over the first, six, first half of uh, 2022, it was this workshop and public engagement process, like getting feedback and an insight from different individuals about what should be included in the plan. Then we had the draft plan um, uh, about yeah ha- halfway through the year, so uh, uh, July and August, and then um, the next three months were just getting getting public comment on that draft, and then um, making ch- making changes based on the on the feedback from that. So about a two and a half year process here to get. Uh, well, no. Fall of 20, 2021? Fall of 2021. So okay, now, one and a half year yeah, process. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm jumping it. Jumping <laughs> That's here. okay. Um, we were talking about, what were we talking about? Just wastewater and, and, and water, yeah. essentially. But um, we had a texter ask, what about watering your yard? And I think there's so many different ways you could tackle, should I be watering my yard? Well, what are you watering is kind of the, the key, right? W- right? What exactly and- is in the yard? Because we talked earlier in the show if all the parks are just green lawns, which is nice to an extent, you want to just go sit in the lawn at a park, right. um, but not great for the environment because that lawn just kind of is a water suck. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, it's, it serves a purpose for, you know, playing and, and recreating. Um, but if there's areas that, you know, you're, you're not using and could be native um, plants, um, those would, you know, re- be able to rely on our rainwater. I think also thinking about like how much we're watering and times a day too, like more of it's evaporating during, during yeah, the don't day. Don't water so. at two in the afternoon. Yeah. Or um, when it's going to rain. But there is a conversation to be had about converting your lawn into something that's more native uh, yeah. for pollinators. Um, also, then you don't have to mow your lawn. I don't have a lawn. So it's been, and I grew up mowing lawn for like two hours a day. So it's been a great revelation for <laughs> right, me yeah. to uh, move somewhere where I don't have a lawn. Anyway, that's Lewis Kuhlman. He's the environmental planner. For the city of Lacrosse, uh, he, we will pre- he will be presenting this, or it will be get, get voted on in a week here at the city council meeting. If you want to check it out, um, you just go to. It's kind of a, a process, but you just go to what is it the the judiciary and no the judiciary and administration committee 
Yeah, I mean, um, there's a we have a website to the lacrosse uh, www. But um, if you want to look at the specific legislation, you can go to the cityoflacrosse.org, and then there's a link to the, I believe it's called. If I like just the, Google Lacrosse Climate Action Plan, I can't believe you www'd us on the air. <laughs> Sorry. Just Google Lacrosse Climate Action Plan. I wish I would have found this. I'm, I've been looking at that. But that's a great way to do it. Lacrosse Climate Action Plan. Check it out. Uh, thanks a lot, Luce. Yeah, thank you. All right, coming up tomorrow, UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Gee, I wonder what we'll talk about.